Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Excuse me as I swallow the rest of my coffee. <laughs> I'm <clears throat> sorry, listeners. I'm fully caffeinated, prepared for a really great show today. We are interviewing, I am interviewing, Dave Snowberger. Dave, welcome to today's podcast. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be drilling down on what it takes to be a very profitable uh, real estate team and we're going to be getting into the, the real brass tacks of what it takes to be successful long-term, year in, year out. Uh, Dave has got a great combination of proactive in addition to passive lead generation I want you to be ready to take make, uh, great notes on. In addition to that, uh, Dave is one of these guys that when you just listen to him talk and how he expresses himself, you can understand what it takes to be a successful salesperson long-term in real estate because you can hear how essentially encouraging he is, how um, – optimistic he sounds. Just the tonality in his voice is something I want you to sort of subconsciously absorb during today's podcast. So you can maybe take some of the ways that he expresses himself and then use them in your own real estate practice. So Dave, welcome to today's podcast. I sincerely appreciate your time. Uh, Once again, thanks for having me and it's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. So um, let's start out with the basics. Where do you sell real estate and how can these guys get a hold of you? I sell real estate in the Austin, Texas area. I specialize more in the Williamson County side of things. That's more the Cedar Park, Leander, and uh, really Georgetown. I live in Georgetown, and I absolutely love Georgetown. It's beautiful, and it's kind of the gateway to the whole country. So we sell a majority of our business, right around 70% is in Georgetown. And you can get a hold of me. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, here's the funny part. So Julie and I have lived in Georgetown for the past six years. And I don't know if you, you discovered – how did you originally come across Julian? Was it the, uh, a podcast or a book, or how was it? I believe it was a podcast. I was, I was looking for just more information to take in and absorb, and, and I, I listened to one or two, and I was, I was just, uh, you know, just intrigued by, by your direct approach at things. And so after that, it became a daily thing for me. It was, I went back and I binge listened to everything you've done for the past few years. But you know the funny part, though, Dave, is, and I appreciate that, by the way. We get a lot of binge listeners, too, especially on the weekend. I feel kind of sorry for those people having my, vo- my voice in their head for that long. But, you know, <laughs> if it works. But the funny thing is is that uh, did you even know that Julie and I were basically your neighbors? <laughs> I mean, up here in Georgetown, did you know that? Had no idea, really. And I, I didn't know until – yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, someone had mentioned that and I was like, no, no, they don't. I think they're from Ohio. And, you know, originally I was born in Ohio. So, you know, there was some similarities there between us, not too many, but however, where I was born. Um, yeah. And so I was like, I think they live in Ohio. And someone was like, no, I think they live here. And so I actually started listening to more. And then you had referenced Austin a few times and just here and there. And I was like, maybe they are. And so what does any good realtor do? Goes and pulls the tax records. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, for sure, they 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 live here and, and uh, uh, live in a fantastic neighborhood. I've sold a few homes in there, so 
Yeah, we're um, you know what's interesting about Georgetown is Georgetown people are a lot like Ohio people in terms of uh, the nature of how they act and the nature of how they treat each other. It's very if you guys ever have an opportunity to go to um, Austin, make sure you go north and visit the old town in Georgetown. It's it's Texas's most idyllic downtown. It's absolutely beautiful. Just the restoration they did on this town square is like nothing you've ever seen before. Anyway, we can give them a tourist guide and a tour guide on another podcast. All right, yeah, so let's sure. talk about let's talk about real estate. How have you? Uh, how long have you been in real estate? Tell them what you're. Just give them whatever comes to mind when I ask about lead generation, because as you know, Dave, that's what agents always are asking about: is how do you generate leads? Like it's some sort of big damn mystery, you know. So talk right. about talk about a little bit of your own sales background, a little bit more drilling down with what got you into real estate what maybe you did prior to real estate, and then we can pivot and talk about lead gen. Sure. I've uh, been licensed since March of 2013, um, and I'll give you a quick version of that. Uh, I got into the business. I, I joined a brokerage here in Austin, and they promised me the world, and I found out quickly uh, that they were not going to deliver on that promise. And if it was meant to be, it was up to me. And so I floundered in the business for about a year, year and a half, and I really wasn't doing much. And I started doing a lot of leasing just to keep a paycheck coming in and, and keep at that time in 2013, 2014, gas was 350 a gallon and I drove a big Dodge truck. And so anything that I made after showing seven, eight, nine houses for a lease and a $300 commission, you can imagine where that went right into my <laughs> gas tank. And so I, I just kind of kept beating my head against the wall and, and, all of a sudden, one day, you know, uh, uh, one of my – he's kind of a, still one of my mentors. His name's Steve Fole. He gave me a referral, and it was a $300,000 buyer, and I took the guy out, and I didn't know much about what he was looking for. He was looking for multifamily investment in Georgetown, of all places. And there's not a lot of multifamily investments in Georgetown, and so I really talked it over with him in the benefits of buying $250,000 homes, uh, which we were able to find, negotiate, and did. And that guy didn't take a referral fee from me. And so he let me keep both of the commissions. And, you know, after my broker splits, that was a decent commission after doing, setting the Williamson County leasing record is what I did. You know, I, I did like 68 leases in a, in, in a few, like in a quarter. And it was ridiculous, wow. you know. Yeah, and it was, uh, and I was just, you know, winning every, every leasing award there was. And, and I started to be embarrassed by those leasing awards. And just kind of like I just felt like I was getting an award for being the tallest short person in the room, and I just really stayed. Once that happened, it was it was, and I got that commission check and saw that the amounts that I was getting just off really combined three hundred thousand dollar deal after what a seventy thirty split, that was enough to motivate me to get going. And really, I started taking in YouTube videos and just started training through YouTube. And, and uh, one of the fairies, not the one that uh, was discussed in yesterday's show, but uh, Mike Ferry, some of the brass tack stuff was just kind of, you know, the belly-to-belly, face-to-face stuff. None of this passive lead stuff that people were trying to sell us at that point back in 2014, a lot of it was, was new. Uh, buy Zillow leads, do this, do that. I, I just really decided to take that different route and get proactive in my lead generation and start hammering phone calls. And I was, I was actually placing a lot of ads in Craigslist, of all things, for leases because I had mastered that. And then I mastered the conversation to flip that potential lease client and show them the pain versus pleasure of buying. You know, the pain <clears> is, you know, if you lease, you're going to have to come up with 
three to four thousand dollars and you have two pit bulls and you know they they can't you have aggressive breeds in the house so i need to go a different direction and talk these people into really show them the benefits of buying a home here and if they didn't have the money around austin texas what do we have is rural areas well what lends in rural areas usda so that's mm-hmm. a zero a true zero down program so i started doing a lot of usda homes with new builders and to top that off was a lot of those builders when I started actually getting into action was later in the year. So right around the holidays where the builders are pushing properties by offering the incentives of five and 6% commissions. So a 6% well, well, commission well, on a $200,000 house. You, you, Go ahead. You just said something really good and I'm actually about four things, but the last two I think will be beneficial to the podcast listeners. All right, so you're selling, you're doing a lot of leases, and you had the epiphany. <laughs> I love it. that's such a, a Texas thing. You're spending all the money, all your commission from the leases on the fuel for your massive truck. That's a very Texas problem to have. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, so anyway, the uh, point is, is that you're taking your lease customers and you're flipping them into purchases, and you're doing it by showing them how they could actually do it. So many of these people did not necessarily want to lease in the first place. They just didn't know that they could purchase. And you mentioned USDA. Uh, loans. Now, you also mentioned new builds. So I assume what you are doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you are finding uh, local builders who could build houses that obviously would qualify for those FDA or the, those USDA loans, and then you are finding them in a, a, a plot of land in a semi-rural spot, and then they're in essence doing one-off builds on those lots? Because you're not talking about big subdivisions, are you? Can you drill I'm down on that? Just... Both. Big subdivisions, okay. mostly. Um, and so, you know, we have little towns around us. All around Austin, there's little towns. Georgetown's a great town. Georgetown used to be USDA, uh, you know, years back. However, Gerald, just about 15 minutes up the road from Georgetown, Leander, Liberty Hill, and Hutto. Now, a lot of builders were out there, and they were USDA qualified. So you could actually go to the USDA website, put in the address, and it would give you a yes or no if those properties were were uh, eligible for USDA financing. And so I would run ads on all those. And so I would crush out probably about 10 to 15 ads a day for that's when I when I got away from the leasing stuff and I actually started doing the zero down zero down true zero down program and trying to attract people that way and cast a net out. And as soon as I would cast them and they would come into my net, I would just follow up with them as fast as I could. Okay, so so sorry to interrupt you, but so where were you running these ads, and what's changed about F- the uh, USDA financing now? Is it still as good as it was? So update the listeners because there's going to be a lot of people that are selling in similar communities as, your, as you are, and they're going to want to know what you know. <laughs> right. USDA, is, is, it's still available out there. However, the program's dwindling down a little bit, and it, once they reach a certain uh, spectrum of growth, and I believe it's uh, you know like 25,000 residents in – uh, they have grocery stores and mixed-use complexes, and, and there's just more to it. It stops being a rural area. So now don't mm. quote me on that. You can go to the USDA.com and read up on it yourselves. However, yeah, they're, they're available all over the U.S., and so you just have okay. to go find the areas they're available in. Okay, good. And so as far as you said you were running ads for this, where were you running the ads? majority of it was actually Craigslist. Okay, there you go. Well, I think that you know, there's a lot of genius in that because in here's what's happening right now in a lot of uh, you know where you're selling. There's just not a lot of inventory, especially in those more affordable price ranges. So for you to be clever and going about helping you know essentially these buyers that maybe are frustrated looking in the more traditional city type urban environments and maybe pushing them out another 10 or 15 minutes into the you know countryside, they're then going to be able to buy maybe more house and and 
it's also very interesting, and listeners, I hope you're paying attention. The financing to get those types of deals are, I'm sure, are going to be a lot more lenient than if they were buying in an area where they're just trying to qualify for a normal FHA, VA you know, type loan, though VA is pretty easy to get qualified for as well. All right, that's very good. So you also mentioned proactive lead generation, which we're massive advocates of, and you know that as well. So can you talk to the listeners about what you're doing to proactively lead generate? What do you mean by that, first of all? Well, these days, the proactive lead generation for us is uh, for sale by owners. I list a lot of for sale by owners every year. I think last year uh, I had Melanie pull me the numbers, and we were right at 16 for sale by owners in in 2018. Well, I guess the past rolling 12 months, we've been at 16 for sale by owners. And really, that's just another conversation that I call up. There's not a lot of pressure there. I just see their motivation and, and ask great questions. And, and I'm the last person standing. So I like to teach some of the agents coming in that it takes about seven, seven points, seven conversations with that FISBO um, to, to really gain the, the rapport and, and really the friendship of them to know that, let them know that I'm on their side, right? And so I know that all the other agents are calling the low-hanging fruit, the for sale by owners that just listed. They don't, get, they don't list them over the phone. They don't call them back. And so if 10 agents start calling them, after the second call, there's five agents left. After the third call, there's three agents left. And when we get to the fifth and sixth call, those agents aren't calling anymore. It's just me. So that's my well, so you Well, so how do you know? That's a really good point. So it, with regard, yes, and that's definitely proactive. You're not giving up, basically. You know that most agents you're ba- – you're banking on, and it's a – pretty sound investment that a most agents won't call in the first place and b if they do call they won't call a second time just because they don't know what to say or they're just they're essentially without script or without enough skill that they can't take that uh, potential seller um you know they can't really get that seller to sign a contract really but let's talk specifically about the motivation point you mentioned so when you're on the phone or you're meeting in person with a for sale by owner what is it that you how do you go about finding out what their motivation is and why is that so important knowing your motivation Questions, 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 because it, it's once I get some of the answers from some of the initial questions, it lets me know which way I have to go with the conversation. It lets me in a little bit more about their personality. You know, are they a D? Are they an I, S, or C? I run off the disc a lot. Uh, you know, I, I see if I'm getting a lot of resistance from someone that they're actually, I always talk about this, that the, the people who resist me most in my phone calls are the easier ones to list. Um, hmm. And I usually get that through a few more conversations. Um, and I just like to ask qualifying questions, and those questions are, you know, do you need to be somewhere? Are you moving? You know, what's the, what's the deal behind the move? You know, is it, is it important for you to, uh, to get this, this asking price? How did you determine the asking price? Why did you choose the neighborhood in the first place? You know, and just why, why are you leaving it? Just whatever comes out of my mouth because I am scripted. However, they are so internalized at this point that I don't have one in front of me. And, and most people think, oh, you're great on the phone and you have the gift of gab. It's like, no, I'm very scripted. I'm just so internalized after three or four years that it comes out naturally. But I can go back to a verbatim script that I can pull off timandjulieharris.com or I can pull off the Internet somewhere and start reading it. And it's like, man, this sounds just like me. Oh, yeah, that's where I learned it. So, yeah, that's, thank you for that. And so, listeners, here's the bottom line. When you're getting somebody on the phone or just any kind of lead, really, and this is only what I'm about to share with you is for sellers, right? Because that's what we focus on in our coaching company mostly is helping you guys learn how to work on sellers. 
But there's a difference between a have to and a want to. And what Dave is trying to explain to you, and he's doing a very good job of it, is that he looks for the have tos. So a have to is somebody that has to sell the house, as implied in the name. They have to move. They have to relocate. Maybe they inherited the house. Maybe there's a financial thing. Maybe they're in contract on something else and they can't afford two homes at once. Maybe they're doing something crazy like moving to Puerto Rico and they have no need for their own old house. Stuff like that. So look for the have tos. Now, when you get the want tos, when you ask them, they'll say, well, if I can sell, if I can get my price, and you will find your, you will be shocked sometimes that you'll see for sale by owners who are just what we used to call Julie and I would call them social fizbos. They're putting a house for sale. They're not really needing to sell it. They just kind of like the attention of, you know, people calling about their house. I know it sounds kind of wackadoodle, and fortunately there's not that many of them, maybe one in fifty. But you got to really drill down and find out what people's motivation is. So the, a simple way of saying it, so Mr. Seller, just so that I'm clear, if I were to pop by with a buyer that wanted to purchase your house and close in the next 30 days, and the buyer notices their inspection, their appraisal, you know, this buyer is the exact buyer you're hoping for, where would you go next? And sometimes the, the for sale by owner, any seller really, is going to be apprehension apprehensive about telling you what their motivation is, and they might not give you a direct answer, but you need to go back after them, and you need to ask the question again. They might say, well, we'll decide then, or they might give you some answer like that. When you get resistance like that, don't back off because ultimately those are the most motivated ones, and they're not wanting you to know their motivation. Maybe they're embarrassed about their motivation. Maybe it's not something positive. Maybe it's a financial thing. You don't know. You have to ask. But what you do then is say, so listen, Mr. Seller, I appreciate that. But in, And listen, we've got a guest bedroom with a rollout couch, and you and your family are more than welcome to stay in the guest bedroom if I were to sell the house really quick for you. But that's not, I imagine, the ideal situation. So uh, once this property sells, I just want to make sure you guys have a place to go next. And then kind of go back after it and find out what they say. And then you'll, if you make them laugh a little bit and break the tension, which Dave's obviously very good at, you're then going to be able to get their true motivation. Then you're going to know how to proceed. And, again, if you find out somebody's not that motivated, um, it's going to be hard to get them to price right, let alone get them to list the property. And, Dave, I have, this is kind of an interesting FISBO question. How often is, it, is, a, is, a, is a for sale by owner for sale by owner ring? Just to save the commission. Is they all they say that, but is that really the primary motivation of for sale by owners? That's never that's never the primary motivation. The motivation typically is, is actually they they either don't know an agent or they just don't know the process, it, yep. or their neighbor their neighbor might have sold for sale by owner, and and so they you know they're taking the guidance on that. We get that a lot, you know, especially in Georgetown where let's, in, let's in Old stop, Town down let, there. Let's sure. stop there, okay. What he just said, guys, should totally and completely rock your world if you've never chased FISBOs before. The reality of it is, is very rarely, even though they might say to save the commission, that's not really what their motivation is. It's what he said. Most times is they don't know an agent. So what a for sale by owner sign really truly is, and by the way, we call them um, uh, unrepresented sellers. So what an unrepresented seller is truly is they are essentially putting that sign in their front yard, and it's a help wanted sign. That's what it is. That's how you have to see it. And yet, and here's what's shocking. So many of you are spending literally all of your money, not on you know fuel for your truck, but on buying leads. So you're buying these leads that are, for the most part, crappy quality. All the while, on your way to you know Starbucks today, you pass three or four for sale by owners. So here's some sellers that have their hands in their air and saying, I want to sell my house, and you drive past them all the while you're willing to buy leads from some big, you know, portal 
doesn't make any sense, does it? Why are you doing that? So, Dave, I, I'll pass that question to you. Why do agents do that? Easy button stuff. It's just it, it, it feels like work. It's uh, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, we, we, we have a website. It, it's one of the it's one of the goofiest things that I have is website, and it's really just a, a formality that I do when I do have a client that they want to search somewhere that I don't lose them over to Zillow and they don't fill something out mm-hmm. and then a rush of other agents call them. So we do maintain a IDX web you know IDX website. Um, however, I, I never got the the Zillow thing. I never got given up that much of your money. I, I hear some of these Zillow spends. I go to these these big conferences all the time, and I hear people's Zillow spends of these five and ten and fifteen thousand dollars. I just I scratch my head, and just kind of, I, I I just I don't I don't know. I don't understand the buying leads thing. No, it is insane. Well, it's you know, and it's yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, we talk about constantly Can, in the podcast as our as I'd our love listeners know. A, a small little hack, a little hack on the for sale by owners that I do this every once in a sure. while, probably about every quarter. Is I I do you know Zillow? That is one thing that Zillow is actually good for is providing the phone numbers for Fizbos. So you don't, if you don't have the money, you don't need a Mojo dialer. You don't need one of these fancy dialing systems with all this data. You can just go to Zillow or there's Fizbo.com or there's a new one out I think called Fizber. I'm not sure how they're doing. Uh, I know they were trying to sell things to agents. Uh, However, they were providing data. So that's where we were getting a majority of our stuff. The other place I was getting majority was I would take a picture of a for sale by owner sign, and I would white out the number to actually have my number on it, and I would post it on my Facebook. And I would say, if any of my friends are driving around the Williamson County or Travis County area anywhere and you see one of these signs, take a picture of it and text it to me. Here's my number text it to huh. me and then if, if i do something with them i will reward you handsomely and so usually in texas is what a, a 50 dollars gift card but i could buy somebody dinner if they just took a picture for me and sent it over to me you know and so i would do that and i've actually closed three doing that and the funny well, thing so is, you said two of those people were agents that sent them to me <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> okay but you said uh zillow you both drill down on that you said zillow it's really zillow make me move right that's what you're talking about so go to zillow, zillow make, make me, me move for sale by owner mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and they and the make me move thing is really funny especially if you're selling in a more expensive price range I cannot tell you how many times I've had coaching clients or just podcast listeners who will hear this, what we're talking about now, Zillow Make Me Move, didn't even know about it. Go to Zillow's website. It's on the Make Me Move parts under like three pull downs. And then you're going to see sellers who have listed their houses. Oftentimes, you know, if you bring me an offer for this amount of money, I'll sell it. And then you're going to look at the house and you're going to look at the price and you're going to realize that they're underpricing it. They don't even know it. So you can call up that seller. You could say, seller, Mr. You know, Mr. Seller, I see that you would like to sell your house for this amount. Well, would it be okay that I bring you another $50,000 and you get the listing that way? So really, guys, what we're trying to express to you, and I hope I'm, you're learning from Dave, is if you're really serious about being successful in this business, you've got to move past your apprehension about being a proactive lead generator. You've got to stop believing in the passive stuff because, look, it occasionally works, but not enough for you to actually consider yourself in business. It's, it, I mean, Dave, that's another interesting phenomenon that's happened. You, it happened before you got into the business, but really started in 07 and 08. All these agents that were so willing to pin their hopes of consistent cash flow on you know, not just the buying of the leads, but the social – you know, the, have, you, have you ever met anybody who's built a really successful real estate practice off doing um, 
Facebook and doing Instagram. And by successful, I mean obviously someone's doing consistent business and they're making a large profit. Have you ever met anyone that builds their business has built their business that way? No, sir. It's always a supplemental. You know, it, it, right. it, it's 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 it could be a, a, a spoke in your wheel, as, as you guys call it. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the way to think of it. Thank you. Is that your primary spokes on your wheel have to be the proactive lead generators, and then if you after you get your you know your unrepresented owner, aka FISBO, uh process down, and we'll teach you how to, how to do that. By the way, if you want to learn more about our coaching programs, and if you want to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, just text the word Harris H A R R I. H A R R I S to 31996. My Texas allergies are revisiting me. Text the word Harris, H A R R I S to um, 31996. And when you do, we're going to give you six free books, but we're also going to uh, make it so that you have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And a big part, well, really, all of our lead generation is focused on teaching you guys how to be proactive lead generators. That's the picking up the phone, that's the actual. Um, you know, face-to-face interaction, the things that are going to put money in your pocket the fastest and put you in a position to help people the quickest. That is what we focus on. Now, we also have training on how to do the passive stuff, but here's what I've discovered, is that after you've learned how to do the proactive stuff, like Dave is, you laugh at the passive stuff because you realize how foolish it is. But if some of you will want to, as a, a hobby, work on your social media marketing and all the rest of it, that's fine. Just don't fool yourself that that's going to be the thing that's going to get you into the end zone for your business. So, Dave, I saw recently that you switched uh, from Keller Williams, which I was really surprised about, to EXP Realty, because you were a dyed-in-the-wool Keller Williams guy. What caused you to want to move? Finally opening up my ears to listen to opportunity. I was hmm. being – I would think not uh, – I we all like to think we're smart people. I like to think that I'm an intelligent business person. Uh, and, and I started just putting two to two together. I was seeing nationally some of the biggest names, I mean just the giants of the business switching over. And and I just kind of was like, okay, let me, let me see what's going on here because I've had a hundred of the calls. You know, watch my video. I've had the video sent to me, and it's kind of – you know, once you see it, you can't unwatch it type thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever, just whatever. And I always came from the place, Tim, that it's not about the broker. It's about me. You know, it, it's, mm. it's I do business with me. And, and, and people know, like, and trust me, so they do business with me. And I don't care whose jersey I'm wearing as long as my name's on the back, right? And so I kept pushing that way. And then I just I wanted to talk about it one more time. And, and I, I told my, my, my people on my team that I was like, hey, look, I'm going to entertain this real quick. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, um, and I'll let you know. And so I came back in the room, and they were all sitting there like big bug-eyed, like, what's going on? And I was like, you guys got to watch this. You know? And so I watched the video with them, and it was just kind of like, when are we going? And I got no resistance from anybody on my team, even the admins that are in charge of basically switching all of our branding, all of our crap. You know, All the things, the reason why I wouldn't switch before, because it's such a nightmare, it's such a headache to switch – Switching our license, doing all this stuff, and switching our colors and doing new signs. Was it, though? Was it really a nightmare? Was it that big of a deal, or was that just something you worked up in your head as an excuse? No, it's easy. It was an excuse. Yeah. You know, it's it's the reason why I haven't got rid of Netflix and went over to Hulu, because I just don't want to reenter my credit card. I'm right there with you, brother. Um, so let me ask you something, though. You, you, Your path is fascinating in that you had been inundated because Austin, even though it's the home of Keller Williams, uh, it is definitely switching in just 
shocking numbers of agents from Austin in particular are moving over to EXP, which I think is it's uh, emblematic of what's happening around the rest of the country. And now EXP has expanded. They're, I think, in all provinces in Canada, uh, England, Australia. They're you know, going to go to Europe. Just crazy. So why were you – what was causing you in retrospect to be apprehensive? Why – if you're being, being totally transparent, why was your ego holding you back from wanting to even explore the opportunity? Because you just said you didn't even want to look into it, even though people you had trusted were telling you about it, and you still pushed it off. Why? It was that internal uh, – let, let me try to like, take off the gloves here without offending anybody, however. But it was like mm-hmm. that internal BS, that, that kind of that culture that I was hanging on to. My, my, my team liked it. I was really coming from that space of like, oh, well, we fit in here. We're kind of like a, a, a big fish over here and, and people look up to us and we do the training and we've got the podcast going on. We got all these things going on. And I just, I just always accredit it to Keller Williams. And I don't know why I didn't give myself enough credit that I had built that, that it wasn't Keller Williams. And someone one day had asked me kind of, what do I get? It might've been you, but what do I get for my, my, my amount of money I pay into on a cap? And that's when I just kind of looked back and I started the next week walking around the, the office and I'm like, what do I use here? That uh, at their market center, what do I use here? And I was like, the coffee machine. And I'm like, man, I'm paying $24,000 for coffee because I'm not getting any broker, you know, really broker help. I, I'm not really needing any at this point. I'm not really getting anything. I'm paying for an office space over there, um, you know, and I'm, I've got a ton of money flowing into the place and not enough coming back. And I just didn't see it didn't it didn't outweigh the benefits of, of listening to something. And so when I finally listened to it is when I made I mean, it was an automatic switch. I mean, we were out in two weeks. What were the things that caused you specifically to want to gravitate towards EXP? Was it the fact that, frankly, the commission split was a lot less than what you were paying at Keller Williams? Was it that the fees were a lot less than you were paying at Keller Williams? Was it the revenue share? Was it the stock awards? Was it Icon? Was it or the technology, or was it all above? It was all the above. I mean, there wasn't one bad thing that I heard. Well, and it's like, well, this just isn't quite there yet. But I, I like the the potential to grow my business and be part of something, right? And here is a big one with me, was Keller Williams had already reached maximum capacity, 150, 190, however many agents they have, who knows? You know, we get conflicting numbers all the time. Um, and, and I really think I wanted to be more of a part of some, helping build something, and I could do that with EXP. And on top of that, I can be rewarded for it with the, with the, with the rev share. And with with the it stock is pretty, options, it, it, the more that I sold. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, you that's really. I've never seen anything in the past. Uh, Julie and I've been in the business for two decades. I've certainly never seen anything in real estate that is a so beneficial to individual practitioners and agents. Even frankly, brokers are. You know, brokers are one of the biggest groups of people that are switching over to XP. I've never seen anything that was such a no-brainer. When you look at the math, when you look at all the benefits. And you just, if you're willing to set your ego aside, and you're like you did, you came to the conclusion, which was obvious, that the business comes to you because you generate it. You know, it's not your broker knocking on that door. You are. It's not your broker that's doing the podcast. You are. You're the one that's created your success. And, it, and sometimes it's like you wonder, well, there's no EXP in my marketplace. That's actually a good thing that there's no EXP in your marketplace, because every agent in the country is basically becoming or already is. EXP curious. They want to know about EXP. They want to know why so many agents are switching just like you were. And then when you really look at the economics of it and you really set aside your ego and all the rest of it, 
you there is no reason why everyone listening to this podcast wouldn't want to switch over to EXP. That's the thing that's so compelling that they've created. And so in the you know couple decades Julie and I've been in the real estate business, I've never seen anything grow so fast that was so beneficial to agents. That's that's what's really exceptional about EXP is it's truly the best thing that you can do. The f- smartest thing you ever did was getting your license. The second smartest thing you ever did was discovering this podcast. Sorry, I had to say it. And the third smartest thing you've, you'll ever do is move over to EXP. Those combination of things is going to get you financially into the end zone faster than anything else. Um, those of you who are uh, you know, EXP curious, which is probably all of you, there's a he mentioned it a really great simple video you can watch it's only 7 minutes long all you have to do is text the word EXP to 31996 text the word EXP to 31996 if you relate to Dave and you want to talk to him more one on one why he switched Dave do you mind giving your cell phone number so they can call you directly not at all 512 773 6461 say it again 512 512- Seven seven three six four six one is my cell phone. That's right. If you guys want to talk with me about EXP, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206. But so many of you are frequent listeners. Oh, Dave, I was going to mention the top of the podcast. Here's a pretty big thing. So far, like in the recent reporting, uh, we've had over 6 million listens. So <laughs> you're going to get more than a few texts to your cell phone when uh, people are oh, wow. EXP curious. And these podcasts listen, or they last, you know, obviously forever. So if you guys want to go back and uh, – binge on our past podcasts, please do so. You can listen on iTunes. You can listen on Stitcher if you're on an Android. And you can also just go to timandjulieharris.com. So, Dave, if you could say, give three pieces of advice to yourself <laughs> back when you first got into real estate, things that you wish you would have known then that you know now and, you know, frankly, would have saved you a lot of stress and consternation those years ago, what would those three pieces of advice be? Listen to the people who have done it before you. The, the road for real estate's already been paved. Listen to the people. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. That's the biggest thing right there, I think, was there was no reason to reinvent the wheel. Um, you, you've helped me out with this one. Uh, do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at a high level. And so whatever that I want or whatever anybody wants as an agent, uh, a profit, uh, a new car, a new house, a trip, it all lies on the other side of doing those things that you don't want to do. Um, and then I, I would say the third is that stay consistent. And that's my biggest thing is stay, stay consistent. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Is if, if you start doing it and, and you, 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 know, you, you try to call FISBOS for a week and you don't get anything, you don't get any appointments, and you give up, really you got nowhere. You wasted your time. Keep at it. Give it a month. Give it three months. Give it a year of calling for sale by owners consistently. Learn the, learn the conversations. Learn what to say, what not to say. Learn what works, learn what doesn't work. You know, gauge yourself, how, 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 you know, what, what information you're taking in, how you're writing it down, and, and, and you'll get better at it. But if you stay consistent, you'll nail it. Why did you – I'm going to ask a question based on what you just said because it was so freaking smart. I loved it. Why did you, because this is, remember, you were giving advice to the view of the past, and you right. must have, the view of the past, must have tried to basically make your own real estate, you know, whatever. You tried to create something on your own. You did what a lot of agents do. You wasted time, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, trying to go here, a little bit from Harris, a little bit from Ferry, a little bit from Buffini, a little bit from, you know, Keller Williams Maps. You got a little, you're kind of sweet, trying to weave together your own 
business plan and your own approach to real estate, and you, you said you wouldn't have done that. You said you would have followed a proven path of a paved, you know, paved path is what I think you said. Why yeah, did would, you would... try? Why did you do that in the first place? Because that's what a lot of agents do. Why did you try to create your own? You had no previous real real estate experience, no previous business experience, no reason, and I'm saying this respectfully, no real reason to believe that you knew what the hell you were doing when trying to come up with a success plan, be successful in real estate, but you still went down that path of trying to create your own. Why did you do that? One word, three letters. Ego. Yeah. yeah. It, well, drill down on that. So my, my ego, I've always been that high D personality. I have, I have an ego attached to me that I, I can't ever uh, – I don't know where it actually came from over, over the years of my development. As a, maybe it was my past business that I was in gave me a little bit of ego because I made, made a bunch of money. Uh, and, and that was certainly something where I could be creative, get in that creative space and, and create my own. Uh, basically, lead generation machine. I owned bars on 6th Street in Austin, Texas. You know, one, know of the, one of the most happening spots <laughs> there is in, in, in the world, I own five bars on. So I was able to do that, making that type of money and having people really kind of give you the, that, that kind of false attention that, that you think you deserve because you're a bar owner carried over with me when I first got into real estate. You know, I had sold everything off. I was sitting on a little bit of money. You know, I definitely didn't get rich off of it where, where we all thought we would, starting our own business and then we'll sell it off. No, people are willing to pay a fraction of what you really want for that business. And so that's what happened, and I got out of it, had some health problems, got into real estate, and then picked it up and beat on my chest. And I was like, I know so many people in Austin, Texas. Everybody's going to buy with me. Nobody bought with me. Nobody would give me the time of day, and nobody would touch me because I was so green. Whether I was, you know, a, a Dave Snowberger and well-qualified over in the bar world, I wasn't qualified over in the, uh, in the real estate world. And so, like I said, I, I tried to come up with my own systems, my own new things, tried to build a team way too early. Um, you know, and then in retrospect, building a team of what my vision of a team was, was, was this was part ego also, that I was going to need this big, you know, just name brand team out there and be speaking on stages and do everything like that. And then over the past few years, I just finally took an account, man, I don't need any of that. Like that's, that's not the best use of my time, money, or energy to put into that huge team. I like my little small team of my SEAL team sales totally. that does everything. Well, so let's stop there. When you got into real mm -hmm. estate, did you intend uh, – uh, how, how much did your own dreams and ambitions about real estate get uh, co-opted? Because people are starting to tell – they said, you need to have a team to feel successful. You need to do this, you know, all these stupid things that weren't necessarily in your own financial best interests. Did you realize at the time that you had allowed somebody else to, in essence, steal your potentiality or more precisely kind of like redefine what you're – they're telling you what the definition of success was? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, let me see if I can, I can unpeel that. So did I, did, I let them, did I let them give me false pretenses of, of join this brokerage because you can do this, because mm -hmm. you can have this big team and you can do all these things and it will make it easier for you? Yeah, totally. Um, I won the, the rookie – I didn't tell you that, but I won the, the, the boards, the real estate boards uh, rookie of the year after two years. I guess it's a two-year award, which was funny because I had just turned 40 and my speech was, was that was, you know, I love real estate because where else in the world can you win rookie of anything being 40 years old? And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for and sure. So, 
that's when I started getting hammered by recruiting. And, you know, as, as you know, Keller Williams, I, I went with Keller Williams, but it was which one because there's five different market centers and they were all really after me. And so it was, we can help you build this, major, you know, mega team and do this and do that. And I took one of their tests and they came back and they showed me I was this mega agent. So I internalized that thinking I'm this huge mega agent and my ego was a lot bigger than my business mm-hmm. was. And, well, and but so that, time, but, but that's but that's for example though none of those things in retrospect and you've said this during our interview today and I know you as well you now know that the point of you being in business is to be of service to other people but also to make a profit and a lot of those and, and if you're not if you meander into those environments and your ego and you don't know they're manipulating you through your ego dude you got to be a speaker dude you got to be a coach you're going to have to be, maybe you can be a you know you can have your own big team your name could be up on billboards and you're thinking well okay i mean i wasn't thinking like that originally i originally got in this business just so i could accumulate some money and you know be rich where my money works for me and no longer, i no longer have to work for my money but all of a sudden you're going down these primrose paths and you don't stop to realize that they're uh, they're prescribing to you things that are not in your financial best interest, but in their financial best interest. Because when they're pressuring Dave and manipulating through his ego, and a lot of others of you who are listening, like pretty much all of you, are tempted by that, because you think that's what it means to be successful. Because you've never clearly defined what your definition of success is. And so what's going to happen is other people are going to define it for you, and you're just going to follow that path. And then one day you'll realize, and hopefully it's now and not 100 years from now, that if your goal in real estate, in business, is to be rich where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. You have to accept the fact that selling real estate will not make you rich. It's what you do with the profits from selling real estate that will make you rich. That means you have to have profit, <laughs> okay? which a lot of you don't have because you've succumbed to a lot of this dumb stuff that's really – you know been around mostly since 2007, 2008. So you have to decide what your reasoning for being in real estate is. And I bet you when, you know, let's say you 20 years from now, you have a room full of awards. Who cares? You can't eat them. What difference does it make? You've got to be thinking about the profit you're trying to pull from this business so you can buy rental properties so that maybe in five years or three years or 24 months, and especially if you decide to explore EXP as your broker, you can have a financial uh, you know, direction that you never would have been able to possibly imagine. But if you're going to meander into a brokerage where they're then going to tell you, dude, you need a website that's going to cost five grand. You need to buy this CRM that's going to cost $300 a month. I mean, there's real estate events going on right now, where uh, big ones, where you walk into these big arenas where there's 1,000 or 2,000 agents. Or even more, who knows? And you're going to be surrounded with all these people trying to sell you crap that you don't need, but you don't know you don't need it. Dave doesn't need it because Dave knows he can go after the business himself. He was making fun of himself for having a website. Guys, here's a little simple fact, and if you don't believe me, you can research this yourself. The average agent gets a total of zero leads from their agent websites per year. Zero. And yet, how much money is spent every year on agent websites? Billions and billions of dollars. Spend your money on how to, on, um, essentially, on investment properties, but earn your way to have a profit. The reason that a lot of you struggle in real estate financially isn't because there's a lack of opportunity, it's because you have a lack of skill. And you're never going to get the skill unless you do what he said, which was his second point, of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And his third point was really good too. 
how to you know have discipline to basically have a schedule. Dave, what are the minimum standards you have for yourself? What are the three to five, three to five things that you do every day, regardless as part of your daily schedule? Orange Theory. Are you going really? Morning. I I didn't oh, know yeah, you were going to Orange I, Theory. Yeah, I don't go to the the one in Georgetown. I go to Cedar Park. It's a little bit closer to my house. I live on the back end of Georgetown. So, um, how yeah, much do you hate Orange Theory, theory by the way? How much do you uh, hate Orange Theory? A few days ago, I hated it when there was a five thousand meter row. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know. I hate Orange Theory, but you know what? We go four yeah. days of the week. Yeah, we're going today. Anyway, yeah, good yeah. for you. I didn't know you were going. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So Orange so Theory. What else? Health. Health's a big thing for me. And so Orange Theory, then I get in the office, we do our kind of little conversations. We talk about what's going on with our leads, everything like that. Hey, where are we at with this person? We have a board, uh, everybody that we're working on it, seller-wise, check in with the admin team real quick, and then boom, it's off into lead generation. And so what is lead generation? That differs for a lot of people. That's a kind of a blanket statement. Uh, most people think it's just hopping on the phone for us. It's hopping on the phone. And so we call our FISBOs first. Uh, we look at the withdrawal see if there's anything out there that we want to deal with. Uh, you know, a lot of these times we don't, we don't mess with some of the uh, properties that we can kind of tell why they hadn't sold. You know, and so it's almost like, a, uh, in my opinion, a waste of my conversation. And so I'll turn that over to somebody else on my team to do. And so, so I heard you say you work out every you, you work out every day. You you uh-huh. work with your your staff to make sure they all have their heads screwed on straight. You then right. proactively lead generate. So those are three very powerful things. Do you have a minimum right. standard of how many contacts that you personally will make every day, and or how many appointments you'll set every day? I have to have five meaningful conversations, which is, which is really nothing. Not meaningful, but just five conversations uh, is is kind of my day. And so sometimes if I'm in the groove, I'll take it a little bit further if I just feel – because sometimes you get off a call, and, man, you're, you're exhilarated, right? Your heart's beating, man. You're mm-hmm. like, that's a great call. I just want another one. And, unfortunately, you'll call seven, eight, nine, ten more numbers and not get any – you'll just get answering machines or nobody will pick up. And so sometimes well, that energy is wasted. So, so I'm going to help because I know you already – so five meaningful conversations. How do we define that? Here's the simple answer. Five uh, opportunities per day where someone can say no to you. If you're not putting yourself in a position to hear the word no at least five times a day, and I'm not talking about from your kid or your wife or your husband, but if you're not putting yourself in a position to say no from specifically a seller, then you're not doing your job. That was a crappy day at work. That should be a minimum standard that all of you should have, and five is the number that all of you can handle. That in itself, these, these three, three or four things that he just said, if you guys internalize those, that will change your, that'll change your world. And if you're only good in, in Dave's world of you know, maybe chasing for sale by owners and maybe two or three other lead sources, if you're only good at that and only good at listing properties and you never get good at anything else in real estate – you're good. You will never have to worry about money because the proactive lead generation and knowing how to work with sellers, that's the money in this business. does not matter what technology, what you know, big breaking news story there is on Inman or whatever else. It will not matter because you are independent of all that crap because you can go out and chase your own business. So, Dave, I didn't realize we were over our time. <laughs> so anything else you'd like to say to all these guys as we round the bend on today's podcast? I'd like to one recommend a quick book. If we're going to go for no's, read the book Go for No. And so it's about mm. an hour read. You can find it on Amazon. You can get it on Audible. It's an hour read, or you can throw it on Audible and listen to it over and over and over uh, like I did. And really, it basically gets you to raise your no quotient. So the more, you know, if you're just going for three yeses and you get three yeses, then you stop, right? But if you're going for 20 no's a day, you know, it, you, you, can, you can raise that, that, that no quotient up, and you'll get 
meaningful conversations out of going for 20 no's or 50 no's or 100 no's, whichever it is. Read the book, go for no. Uh, two, if, I, if, if you don't mind, I'd love for people to tune in to our podcast, which is Real Estate on the sure. Rocks. Uh, we deal with people that really our audience is those people that I am talking to are those first two years in the business that floundered just like me. I, I know how to deal with those folks, you know, and, and so I can speak to them and say, hey, look, no one's going to do this for you. We got to get you into action. And so our whole podcast is built around that. Every once in a while, we have a, a great guest on there, but mostly it's me and my team talking about the things that we do to make ourselves successful. So, and Dave, I want them to be a, being profitable. Yeah, sorry. That's right. So I want them to be able to reach out to you because a lot of them are going to have questions. I'm sure you've inspired more people than you can imagine. Um, Hopefully, listeners, we delivered on what I promised we would. You can see Dave is a very easily approachable guy, but he's also – there's no BS with this guy. If you want to talk with him, if you find something that you know you relate to with him, he is incredibly nice to talk with directly on the phone. Just call him on his cell phone, and that number again is? 512-773-6461. Right, and if you have any referrals for any part of Austin, Texas, make sure you send them to him. If he can't work them personally, he'll connect you with a great agent. And also, when you're texting, personally. Oh, okay. There you go. And and if you're uh, if when calling Dave, understand that he is going to talk to you about EXP Realty. He can't not talk about EXP Realty because he's excited about it. If you're wanting to take a softer approach to learning about EXP, please go ahead and just text the word EXP to three one nine nine six. Hey, Dave. In the meantime, I really really appreciate you being my co-host today. Gave Julie the day off, which she always appreciates. And listeners, again, if you need to get hold of Dave, his cell phone number is. 512-773-6461, and I look forward to hearing from you. Wonderful. So, Dave, everyone else, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.